Amen. Let's look at Mark chapter 4, verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, I hope you can look on with somebody. Hope most likely you have read this or heard this before. The parable of the sower. Jesus is speaking. It says, He began to teach by the sea, and a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Now, I'm already jealous, because I would love to have that many people to preach to. That'd be pretty awesome that I had to get into a boat, right? So then he taught them many things by, is this still a little hot? Yeah, let's turn a little down, please. Then he taught them many things by parables and said to them in his teaching, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell upon thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up increased and produced, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has an ear, let him hear. And we're going to read on a little bit more here in just a second, but there's two things we need to look at and think about tonight when we talk about this. One is obviously that we are the seed that could be talked about here, and we have to look inside of our lives and see if we are bearing fruit. Amen. That's, that is what God asks of us. He asks us to bear fruit and he asks us to multiply. And we can never forget that, that we, we have to reach others so that others can know what we know. Amen. And Obviously, there's different times. There's, there's many, many directions this can go. I'm going to bring it all around in a second. But we look at the, the different grounds in these verses here where one, one was fell by the wayside and, and the birds came and devoured it. Another fell on stony ground. Uh, the sun scorched. You know, the, this is obviously talking about a seed that eventually died, but you can even relate that too as well to our lives many times. How many know that we can allow life, the cares of this life, or the hardness of our heart, or situations to, to, def, to affect our seed. It may, may not be a seed for loss, that it, that seed would die and, 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 and be cut out or, or never produce, but ha, how many realized over your life, maybe there's times, seasons in your life when you're not producing like you know you should be or know you want to be. And if we're all honest tonight, none of us are producing like we would probably want to be or probably should be. Because otherwise we'd have people coming in every service, getting saved, and we'd be praying the sinner's prayer with people all the time at work. And that's what we want to see. That's what a true revival is, is that people are getting saved, as they would say, wholesale. Amen? People are just getting saved, and, and they're asking us, hey, will you, how do I get saved? And, and there, there's times and seasons where that begins to happen. But it all comes back to the fact that we're, we're constantly looking at our own lives and looking inward. And saying, God, am I multiplying? Am I, am I being a sower? Amen? We have to be sowers. 
We're looking at the types of seeds and what can happen there. And, and, and so we're talking about looking at our lives, but also as we look at our lives, if we are sowing, then we realize that as we're sowing, we, we have to realize something that's very frustrating is that we are not the Lord of the harvest. That's the hard part. That's the frustrating part. Hopefully you're at a place in your walk with the Lord tonight that you truly, deeply, sincerely care about souls. That, that your mind is on the lost. That, that, and again, there might be times when that, that, weather, that, that wavers because of situations. But in general, you care about the lost. You sincerely, deeply down inside of your heart want to see people know Jesus. That's the sign of a, of a, of a church that's healthy where we're desiring that people would know what we know. And we're not uh, just concerned about ourselves. But the, the frustration in that is, and this is coming from my own heart as many times, is Lord... I can't control what happens after I plant the seed. And, and of course, there's many ways to plant seeds. There's, there's praying. There's, there's uh, going out and, 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 and being a light to somebody and letting them watch you. There's uh, talking directly to them in, in a situation at work. Or, or there's uh, just a preaching, straight out preaching to them. Or, or just t- telling them about your testimony. And so there's a lot of ways that you testify but the frustration is, is I can't make that seed do anything. Y'all following me? That's a frustration. And I would go on to say that many times it's a reason why we stop sowing. Because we can get frustrated and say, man, I, I'm not seeing any fruit. I've, I've been sowing. I've been giving. I've been doing. I've been talking. And you know what? This, this is the honest truth. There, I believe there's people in here tonight that you, you, you talk. You witness. You share your faith. And you might be a person here that says, man, I've never seen one person walk through that door and get saved. That's a reality. But you're always talking. You're always inviting. You're always telling. You're always sharing. You're trying to keep your heart pure. But they haven't walked through that door. And how many know that that could be a reason that you might say, man, this, is, this really ain't working, so I'm just going to stop sowing. But, because that's a, that's a real thought. And, and, and if, if I believe if we saw come through that door all the people that we have witnessed to, there wouldn't be any room in here because we are witnessing. But the great frustration is that verse that says some water, some sow, some water, but God gives the increase. Because I was thinking, God, you know, I understand this parable and I, and I read this and I see that the, that the sow, seed is sown and, and, and some the devil comes along and some the, uh, the, the, it's, it's stony ground where they're not going to receive it and, and other times it's received but then it doesn't grow. All that has zero to do with me and everything to do with the Holy Spirit. And so we have to get to a place where we understand what? The principle. The principle of sowing seeds. And we understand that all God's calling me to do is sow the seeds. All God's calling me to do is try. And that actually takes the pressure off of us. Okay? The only bad thing you can be doing is not trying. Not sowing. Not giving. Not telling. Not sharing cards. We, we've said this before. There's no excuse here. There's tracks at that door as you go out. We try to keep, uh, you know, uh, stocked up on tracks. Gospel tracks. We try to keep stocked up on cards that we call them Jesus cards that say the sinner's prayer in the back of them and have the church times. There, there's no reason that we can't be out every day of the week at work, at the store, at the bank, wherever, sowing seeds. Amen? But it's got to be something that we're conscious about. 
But it's something that we have to understand. At the end of the day, when we go to sleep at night, we say, God, you are the Lord of the harvest. Amen. And it's your will to see people saved more than it is to see, for me to see people saved. But he just says, I need you to do your part. Amen. So how many see those two things there? That we are called to make sure that we're being a tree that is producible and a life that is uh, followable and that people would want to watch and, and, and do what we do. And again, I, I, I'm just giving a personal testimony. I'm so thankful to see what God has done in my brother and sister-in-law. It's just amazing. And, and I know you've got people around your life that you've seen, but it's refreshing to see that somebody that never knew the Lord, that never knew Jesus, can get a relationship with them and learn things and turn their lives around and then begin to bear fruit. He's got someone that at work had never been to church, named Mauricio, right? Never been to church. No, he was raised, he went to church when he was young and then rebelled and, had, and hadn't been in a long time, correct? Is that right? And he began to share his faith with him at work for a year. And now that man has a VWO sticker on his car and is going to church with him, amen, in Costa Rica because he's sowing seed, amen, and planting seeds and, and saying, look, this is what God did for me. The, the basic key, though, is that we realize I understand what God did for me. So if I really believe what God did for me, then I'm going to tell other people about it. It has to be real for me for it to be real for them. Amen? amen? So let's go on reading a little bit more here I, because God is awesome. Amen? How many know God is awesome? He explains this thing to us a little better. In verse 10, we're going to go on and he says, When he was alone, those around him said, with the twelve said, asked him about the parable and said, He says, To you... It has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive. Hearing they may, not, they may hear and not understand. Lest they should turn and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? And then Jesus begins to go on. And explain something that we'll show here that we have to recognize in our own lives to make sure that this doesn't happen for us or those around us. He says the sower sows the word. Now this is important. The ultimate sower is Jesus. He is the sower. Okay, He is the, he is the giver of seed. If we don't have Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection, there is no seed to be given. Okay, So he is the ultimate seed. And so most people would understand that he is the sower. But now we understand today in 2015, Jesus isn't here on the earth anymore. He's gone up to heaven, the Bible says. And he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he says, I need you now to be my vessels. And so we know now that we, he's the ultimate sower, but we are his sowers. And we are to sow his seed. Meaning we are his representation. Meaning if we don't do it, no one's going to do it. If we don't talk, no one's going to talk. If we don't preach, no one's going to preach. I said that right in the beginning in Romans 10. If we don't witness, no one's going to get witness to. It's the job of the church. It's the job of the children of God to talk about Jesus and share the seed. Share the sower. He is the sower, but he needs our hands and our feet. He needs us to be the action. He needs us to do the work. 
And, and, if, and we, you've heard it before. We may be the only Bible somebody ever reads. If you don't tell someone about Jesus, they're never going to hear. If you don't share your faith with them, they're never going to hear. How can they believe in someone they have not heard? How can they hear if someone does not preach to them? And he says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. God is the ultimate seed. He's the ultimate sower. He's the ultimate answer. But they need to know who he is through your mouth and through my mouth, through my life and through your life. And if it's not for us, they're not going to know. It's the call of the church. So he says, understand this. The sower sows the word. Where did he sow the word? In me and you. So now it's in us. And now we have a job to make sure other people get this seed sown. Verse 15. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they hear, watch this, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root uh, in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these, verse 18, are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. So if you're taking notes tonight, we see first of all there's an adversary that is Satan who does not want that seed to be sown. He's always going to go after the seed. It's the only thing he can do. All he can do is try to kill the seed. He tried to kill the ultimate seed, the ultimate sower, which was Jesus, and he lost. But he's now going to go after the seed in your life. I was talking about this in discipleship. He'll give up your life. He, he'll, he'll make a deal and say, hey, I'll give up this person. I'll let them go ahead and go, but I'm not going to let them sow seed. He'll trade one life for the thousands, or I even said on a lower, on the hundreds, because I honestly believe every one of us have hundreds of people that we're supposed to reach for Jesus. Amen. Supposed to, amen, that he has ordained for us that, that I can reach and you can reach and nobody else can reach. But he says, if I can just get the sower to not sow, then the seed dies with them. And so he says, he says, and let me, this doesn't take too much math to understand this. He says, if, if, if Carla's life has 500 souls that she can reach and that I want her to reach, but I can keep her to the, herself and make sure that she, I'll let her go to heaven, but I'm going to keep her choked up. I'm going to keep her constrained. I'm going to make sure that she don't tell anybody else. And so I'll, I'll let that one go for the 500 that she would have reached. He's after the seed. And that's our responsibility, and you'll see this in John 15, and you'll see it in other places in the New Testament, that it is, it is not a question or an ideology or a, hey, what do you think about this? We are required to multiply. Required. Because if you look at the talents and you look at the different parables in the Bible, he always said, you got the many of them, I'm not going to go into them all tonight, but one talent, two talents, five talents, the five came back with five more, two came back with two more, the one hid it. 
and didn't do anything about it, and that one gets thrown into darkness. So we have to multiply. John 15 talks about if we're not, if we're not multiplying and we're not uh, growing and we're not uh, bearing fruit, then we'd be cut off. Okay? And, and so he's wanting us to be pruned tonight. And sometimes we go through things that we don't understand. That was talked about in the prayer. Life is hard, but we understand I'm not going to stop witnessing I'm not going to stop telling people about Jesus. I'm not going to stop doing what I know I'm called to do because I am called to multiply. I am called to reproduce myself. I am called to reach other people. Amen. I can't just take my salvation in a passport to heaven. God expects me to reach other people. And so it's the call of the church to sow seed. Satan's going to fight. The other ones are shallow. These are things we need to fight against. Don't be a shallow Christian. Meaning that it's that's superficial, meaning that it, it's up here. Amen. That's where the, those are the ones that come, they get saved, they, they, they say the sinner's prayer, and then you see six months later they're no longer around. Now, there can be many reasons. There wasn't good discipleship or, or they saw a bad example. There's, there's many reasons, but the bottom line is they're not around anymore. And that seed is dead. That seed can come back. They can reach, repent and come back. But it's, it's shallow ground. They didn't even give God a chance. They, they, they stayed for three months and thought the whole world was going to change. They didn't understand this was a lifelong decision you made. Amen? The other one is, is what we're going to get to in 18 where it says that, that the ones sown among thorns, the ones who hear the word and then cares of the world, they get too busy. If you are too busy in your life, even a Christian life, to sow seed at your workplace, to sow seed at the supermarket, if you're not thinking, listen, if you go a week without thinking about souls, you need to get on your knees. And you need to say, God, help me have a heart for the lost. Amen. Because it's, it's selfish to not do that. The last one is in verse 20. It says, these are the ones. This is where you want to be sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and do what? Bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100. And that shows us right there. We don't have any control over how much fruit we see. We can do our part. You know, you might be somebody who works super hard and you're preaching and you're teaching and you're telling and you're witnessing and you're praying and your heart's there and you just get 30. Might be another one, 60, another 100. We don't, we're, we're, that's where you got to understand. I, I'm telling you from, from what it's in my heart tonight. I, I got to go to sleep at night knowing, God, I, my heart wants to see souls saved. My heart wants to see the law saved. And you've got to bring the increase. You are the Lord of the harvest. And, and be able to sit back and say, God, that's frustrating sometimes. Because how many of you just want to strangle someone to salvation? Amen. Get saved. And then just send them on. Amen. Then ask the Lord for forgiveness. I've seen people before. I just want to say, Lord, just let them die right now. Get them saved. Die. Go to heaven. They made it. Push them up there. Amen. So they don't have to make this mistake and fail. But how many are following what I'm saying tonight? It's a call. It's a constant call. It's a, it's a, it's a recry of saying, listen, it's a new year. And I can't forget. I've got a lot of things going on in life. But number one is souls. That people would know Jesus. Amen? And that I understand that there is a battle here and that there's different grounds and even our own lives can become these grounds. And so it's a, it's a double reflection here where I'm realizing where I'm sowing the seed is going to fall where it falls. And I have no control over that. 
What I do have control over is my seed. That I keep my seed on good ground. That I keep my soil toiled up. Amen? That I keep my heart humble. That I keep my mind fresh. That I keep my, my spirit in love with the Lord. And that I keep my eyes focused on the harvest that's ripe and white for, for the taking tonight. And how many know that we're still waiting and it's at any moment, I believe it's now that that, that, one, that one verse is going to come to pass like it never has before. Not the glimpses of a little bit of rain, but that he's going to pour his spirit out on all flesh. I'm still looking for that. I'm still wanting that. I'm still believing for it. And I believe it can be now. Amen? If we just keep putting our hand to the plow, the Bible says don't look back. Don't look back on the cares of this world. Don't look back on the failures. Just keep your eyes forward on the harvest. Amen. And when you are focused about uh, the harvest and other people getting saved and, and just trying to tell them about the Lord, God is going to take care of your problems. Amen. So the ones sown on good ground are those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Amen. Amen.